Hello everyone and welcome back to the Full 40 with Chris and Rob, brought to you by Nova Insider. And unlike usual, we are not excited. Fuck this shit. Yeah. This is bullshit. Yeah. We are not excited right now. <laughs> not excited. We're not happy. We're going to do our best to slog through this. Oh my god. We had an existential conversation about everything this morning. Just... How we're going to do this podcast going forward with the way this team is progressing. Don't Wait, worry, we're not going anywhere. Progressing. You know, regressing. <laughs> yeah. to say that. Regressing. But we're sticking it out. We're loyal fans. We're loyal podcasters. We're not getting rid of anything. It really wasn't that much of an entertained conversation, just to be clear. But, but that- Jay did text us and said he is getting rid of the program as a whole. They're going to step down to 1AA and match football right they said that's the right move we just see no hope yeah we're throwing in the towel that's right program's gone there you go they're selling back to finn done yeah yeah, yeah. give Bryn, it back Bryn mar's gonna take it Don't blow it up blow it up literally blow it up blow it up blow up the whole thing yeah. we're, giving, we're giving back the titles yeah. giving, giving unc back one it's over <laughs> it's been a good run guys yeah it's fun it cash fun out last yeah anyway anyway we're gonna start on what is attempting to be a happier note Rob went to the Queen City, Cincinnati, this weekend to go to the game. Yes. But not only to go to the game, he also visited a good friend, friend of the pod, Walter Smith Randolph, who is a journalist in Cincinnati. Yes. And uh, on the second half of this podcast, it's a longer podcast, on the second half of the podcast, you'll be able to hear Rob do a great in-depth interview with Walter. Really interesting stuff. Walter's background... I would say is probably not typical of the Villanova student experience. Yep. And for that reason, it's that interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So if you like to hear about basketball, that second half of the podcast is not for you. Right. But but it's, it's a super interesting story. Yes. And we're also going under the assumption that right now you might not want to hear. You probably don't. You probably don't want to hear that much Villanova basketball right now. Yeah. Exactly. So, Maybe hearing a story about a Villanovan doing good things with themselves. Yes, somebody who's succeeding in life, unlike our basketball team right now. <laughs> yes. Then so definitely, just, then so just fast forward to that part, actually. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. With that being said, okay, you go to Cincinnati. Yeah. You bring the wife. How was it? Um, so I will say this. My quick take on Cincinnati as a city, as a guy, as a native of Appalachia, yes. as we've established. So Cincinnati, to me, coming from my Appalachian roots, was a step up to the Midwest. Right. The big city, if you will, as we refer to it in Pittsburgh. It's not, it's not true at all. <laughs> no one's ever referred to Cincinnati as the big city. Yes. But, but, but that said, um, no, look, I've never been to Cincinnati proper before. Um, my takeaway was it was actually net a little bit better than I expected. There you we go. Stayed, uh, yeah, pretty cool. It's actually like the city felt like a somewhat legitimate city. They had some good restaurants. We went to some cool bars. And yeah, overall, it was good. Obviously, that good feeling went away on Sunday afternoon, but net-net had a good time. <laughs> the good feeling, I think, went away at the precise moment where you texted our Slack channel and said, I don't have a good feeling about this. And by the way, we were still leading at that time. Yes. It was like, <laughs> it was like, we were still up like five or something, and I was just, yeah. It was my, probably my best call ever at that yeah. point. Yeah. 
And yeah, or worse call, depending or on how you look at call. it. The wheels just fell off, of yes, course. Yes, you yeah. said that, and then literally dumpster fire. Yeah, um, but we'll get to that in just a minute. But yeah, I would say Cincinnati as a whole, if you've got a chance to visit it, I'll go so far as to say it may be worth your time. Did you eat chili? I did not eat chili. I ate some, like, kind of southern barbecue because it's, like, right across from Kentucky. So Kentucky's, like, kind of close to the south. Did they have good bourbon? Um... They had bourbon. It was like pretty standard bourbon. Okay. So nothing great to take away there. Quick note on Xavier as a whole. So the good thing about going to the Cintas Center, which was like pretty cool and seemed to be like, oh, this could have been what the pavilion could have been if we did it right, but it's not. <laughs> um, two takeaways from the Cintas Center. One, since Xavier is literally the exact same color as us, we blended in perfectly. That's good. Yeah. Like, nobody's noticed. Because when we got slaughtered, uh, it's yeah. good to blend in. To be clear, we left at the three-minute mark. Yeah, it's smart. We were just, like, head between our legs, tail between our legs, whatever that <laughs> saying is. Head between our legs. Head between our legs. It's hard to walk. <laughs> it makes it very difficult to walk, yeah. let me tell you. Um, so that was one. The second takeaway from the Sintas Center was, it's dark as shit. Yes. We sat in the upper deck, and I don't know if, like, Xavier just ran out of money, and they're like, yeah, like... Big Cintas Center, it's great. Oh, shit, we didn't budget this right. We have no money for lights in the upper deck. <laughs> it was like sitting in my apartment with no lights on. It was the strangest thing. Like, obviously I could see the court because the court it's is a movie lit. theater. It was a movie theater. Yeah. It was so strange. I literally got my cell phone light. I'm like, I feel like I'm 60 years old right now. Like, it was <laughs> absurd. I just didn't understand it. Um, but yeah, all in all, look, it was, uh, it was a pretty cool place. It seemed like it was a pretty raucous environment. It was, yeah. I will say, look, it wasn't it wasn't Kansas by any means. It was no. not it was not Fog Allen. But the crowd was definitely there. It was almost a full house. And as expected, once Xavier really got into the game, the place was going, they were going pretty nuts. It was not a fun environment to be a part of. Certainly not a fun environment to sit and lose in. So yes. anyway, so look, kudos to... Um, to Xavier for finding a large arena and putting it on campus effectively. That's good for them. Not kudos to them for kicking our ass, but right. whatever. So, yeah, those are my big takeaways from Cincinnati. I'd say if you get a chance to go, yeah, it's worth it. Yeah, I'll probably want to check it out. Yeah. We've had f- friends who have gone before, and I'll definitely make it over there at some point in time. Yeah. Okay, but overall, food good. Food, Cincinnati good. Food good. I would say it's pretty good. Like, yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, you know, not like blown away, but better than I expected. Okay. Cheap. Yeah. Coming from New York is right. definitely cheap. Well, yes, that's anywhere. Yes, but it was exceptionally so. Right. All right, so that's so that's Cincinnati, and that's as much as I can handle of talking about something that's not the game. Yeah. Before talking about the game. Yeah. Let's talk about the game. Yeah, and so is that what we're calling it? Is it a game? Yeah. <sighs> It was a game we played. We played like twenty-one minutes or so of a game, and then I think our team just kind of left. <laughs> This is atrocious. Yeah. So, so we said uh, after the Georgetown game, which by the way we've lost two games this week, three in a row. Jeez. Right. So let's not only talk about the Xavier game. We got to talk about this week in totality. And I'm not even certain that I'm going to get into the specifics of either game in particular here. Mm. This is more of a vent about Th- thematic. Yes. Yeah. This is thematic. Well said. So. I said after the Georgetown game, we're going to call out some bullshit on the podcast. Yeah. I promised our listeners that we're going to call some bullshit out. Yep. And it's high time that we call some bullshit out. Call it out. So I'm going to I'm going to rewind even further. Mm. 
take we, us take us back, yeah, Chris. Yeah, yeah, take us back. We're <laughs> we're we've tell me a story. We're ten and zero in the Big East. We're living in that time. Those were good times. Those were good times. Phil Booth is on a heater, relatively speaking. But we consistently brought up on the podcast that I still don't understand why JQ isn't getting minutes. Why is JQ not getting minutes? Why is Cremo getting minutes? I think I remember making this point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This has been a consistent (laughs) theme. Also, Phil Booth and Eric Paschal, like, they've been on a heater, but, like, how much can we possibly rely on this? This is all things we said. Yep. Right? And we're like, at some point in time, you got to pay the bill for what you've done. The bill always comes due. Indeed. And what happened after that? We were running up this debt. Right? We're running up this debt of Phil Booth and Eric's minutes. We're running up this debt of JQ getting no game experience mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and just playing Cremo for the fuck of it. <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and we'll get back to that in a second. The bill came due. I actually thought, again, we looked pretty solid versus Marquette. Yeah, we did. I remember yeah. that. That was a close game yeah. that we had a shot to win. Yeah, and we didn't feel bad about that once. No. No. We were like, oh, yeah, there's a top yeah, okay. 15 team. All right. Yeah, Marquette's got a legitimate chance to make a Final Four. Yeah. Right? And so, certainly an Elite Eight. And so, you lose by one at their house, you feel solid. Whatever. Yeah. Right. Then we beat Providence and ran away. And all of a sudden, we're like, oh, doing the thing where we run yeah. away at the end of games. That's kind of good. <laughs> That's a new feature. <laughs> we looked like shit the rest of the game, but then we started. We ran away at the yeah. end. And I said, sure. okay, maybe the bill's not coming due. And then the second half of St. John's <sighs> happened, and the bill, folks, has come due. It's a terrible metaphor right now. You, yeah. you need to stop this metaphor. Well, This is terrible. I'm putting it away yeah. momentarily. Stop. Moving on. Anyway. Since then, we've done this. Played five abysmal halves mm-hmm. of basketball. Yep. Now, you can look at it two ways. It hasn't felt... It felt like a lot more than five horrible halves of Villanova basketball. Or you can look at it and say, I can't believe that we've been in a rut for five halves. Mm. Right? And the reason why we are in the rut... Yes, you can tee it up to a variety of things. We're not shooting as well. We're going through a team slump. Maybe if the team slump goes away and we all start shooting better, then we'll win some games. <laughs> that, that's you can't but, even make that argument. But you that's can't. like that's like if we become a better team, we'll probably win more games. Yeah. No kidding. No, but in all seriousness, yeah. like you, you you make more shots, and you know, funny thing about college basketball is you got to make shots to I win. I mean, the team who scores more points typically wins the game. Yes, that's so. That's what so usually so yes, there is a world in which we make more shots. We over rely on the three. To, like, a ridiculous extent. Mm. There's a world in which those go down more at, like, a 45% clip. It's not outrageous. <laughs> that world is last year. <laughs> yes, it is. But team goes on a team heater. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden we win more games and finish out okay. And maybe make, like, win a couple games and get March Madness. And, and then we all go home after a Sweet 16 season right, and say, right. all right, we're happy. Right. But fine. Fine. Right. After all that, whatever. No worse for the wear. Yeah. But that doesn't seem like it's going to happen. I would be shocked. Shocked. Yeah. And why doesn't it seem like that's going to happen? Because Phil and Eric are absolutely tired, mm-hmm. spent, exhausted. They cannot wait for that seven-day stretch between the Butler game on this upcoming Saturday and the Seton Hall game the following Saturday. If I'm Jay, 
I don't even practice them that hard. I don't run them that hard. Phil and Eric, you're going through game film. That's it. Yeah. That's it. We're I mean, gonna yeah, prepare. I mean, at this point, like those guys know what they're doing on the court. Right. Nothing more than shooting a little bit, couple drills, stay sharp. Like that's what I mean, I'm no coach, but I would imagine that they need to take a breather. I would hope. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's a reasonable saying that Colin could start to shoot the ball a little bit better. He's just been in an absolute funk ever since we totally jinxed right, him on the right. podcast. 100%. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah we, 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 we fucked it up. We We're ran sorry. through those numbers last time, so yeah, it's kind of continued. So yeah. it's not great. Yeah. yeah. Cremo doesn't look like he's ever going to be more than the Joe Cremo that we've gotten. Well, interestingly enough, I mean, he barely played yes. this past game. It was kind of a role reversal between yes. he and JQ, as we've been calling for. Yes. I mean, Jay did give us a call and said, hey, guys. What should we do? And we said, do this. Resulted in a loss. So he's going to continue to listen to us, obviously. Here's the problem with that. Is that the time for JQ to get more experience was months ago. Right. Because what did he do? He played like crap against Xavier and against Georgetown. He looked like garbage. It wasn't pretty. And why did he look like garbage? Because he has no experience of... to lean back on, to know what to do better, etc. Because he spent the entire last two months being frustrated with his playing time. Probably true. And somewhat rightfully so. Yeah. And I'm sure mentally, I'm sure that, that mental stewing, at least if I was him, that mental stewing would absolutely impact how I'm performing on the court. Yes, and then all of a sudden you get in, and you have like, well, i got to do everything right, and right. do everything amazing, and put on all these moves and hit all these threes, etc., so I can prove that I need to play more. Yeah. When he needs to really just play within the offense. Totally. But congratulations, Jay and team and coaching staff, because you've not played him for two months, he now has this mental state going into the game. Right, exactly. And it's clear. It's obvious that he's in this mental state. For sure. Yeah, yeah. No, he's, he's trying to force things, and look, it wasn't a great game. At the same time, we can't point to that as the reason we lost the game. No, no, he's definitely not. The whole team played like garbage. Yeah, okay. and I mean, and look, and it's it's definitely, and at this point too, it's like yes, he wasn't the answer, he's not the problem, and so therefore, what do you do? You got to stick with it a little bit. You have to. Yeah. No, no, no. Now that we finally got to this point in the season where Jay's finally going to play this kid. Yeah. Don't stop now. Yeah. Keep playing him. And I, and I want to take a step back for a second because there is something that I've heard brewing on Villanova Twitter and all this other stuff. Like people saying, oh, this is now this is a waste. This season's a waste, etc. I don't really like that yeah, it's per not, se. It's not a waste. Be, because, because I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's fair to the, 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 the team. Mind you, these are kids who aren't getting paid right. to play this sport. And there's... A lot of conversations to be had about that in and of itself. Sure. Right? But these are kids who are not getting paid to play. Yes, they're on a scholarship to an expensive institution, blah, 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 etc. Fine. But aside from that, they're really not getting paid with the value they're bringing to the school. Yeah. Also, right? our perspective as a fan has absolutely changed from five years ago, right? Yes. Yes. Correct. 2012 season, we're literally 13 and 19. Coming off of an 11 season in which we basically lost all the end of the games in February. Yeah. I don't like this one. Right. Coming off a season in which we literally lost almost all of the games in February. I don't like this one. Right. Coming off the final four. Right. That's not to say, like, you can't be disappointed as no, a fan. No, right. and we're so. disappointed. We're very disappointed. For sure, for right. sure. We're very unhappy right now. Yeah. And that's going to be the main thought. But if you're saying, if you're going as far to say this is a waste, 
that this season has been this season's awful. Screw this team. Screw Jay and this, that, and the other thing. Like, dial it back. Yeah. yeah. Dial it back because you, you got to get things in perspective a little bit here, right? As far as I'm concerned, the team could have not fielded a team this year and coming off of two national championships yeah, in three years, we're still happy. We're still okay. Yeah. Yes. Th- that said, there That's are it. like, there's, a, there's an argument to you made of like, from a development standpoint, from a player perspective, like leading into next year, it's not as that is a it's good not as point. exciting. That is a good point. You don't say this whole year's a waste because whatever, because I don't think it's fair, especially to Phil and Eric. I don't. No, no, no. Not to their contribution to the program. They decided to stay. They had the option. They could have gone they after Legend. They both graduated. True. Right? So So I don't think it's fair to say that. But it is fair to say I am very frustrated with this season because this season feels like a bad epilogue to last season mm, because of yeah. how it's played out. Yeah, yeah. Right? And not its own individual season. It's a very odd season. Yeah. And not a prologue for next season. Yeah. Right? The a, transition is not there. Right, right. The pro, uh, like, I think there was a world in which the fans would have been happy with a prologue to next season where maybe we even make the NIT. Yeah. Right? And I'm not saying that we would have been happy with that, but I'm saying maybe, but, but if you felt like, okay, in that process, we got a lot of younger players, a lot of young guys, a lot of minutes. And so now they have all this experience to build on yeah. going into next year. I'm not saying I would have been happy with an NIT. I don't think anyone would have. But if maybe you squeak into the NCAA tournament with a late run in February because the players start to gel and things start to work out, then you have like literally the best recruiting class ever coming in next right. season, and you feel amazing going into 2019. No, and, and it's akin to the end of 14-15, right? Think back to the end of 14-15. Obviously, terrible loss. You lose to NC State, everybody's pissed, right? But you look back and say, ah, Josh Hart was Big East player of the uh, player of the tournament yeah. for the conference, right? And you're like, ah, well, he's going to be a junior next year. Like, he's going to be good. Like, ah, we've got some incoming pieces. Like, you had an idea of what what everything was going to be and how you were continuing to build. And you saw Arch take a step forward. Like, everybody was progressing, so that made you as a fan a lot more excited about it. And it's it's tougher to see that and point to, like, you can point to Sadiq and be like, yes, Sadiq has clearly progressed yes. and is you a be great a, building block. You should be right? excited for Sadiq Bay going into next year. For sure. For you sure. should be excited about Colin Gillespie going into next year. Yeah, he's more than, he's way more than he was. Think about Colin where he was at the end of last year versus where he is this year. Yeah. We were talking about Colin maybe being still like kind of like that same level on the bench. Yeah. No, Colin has been. I'll stop short of a revelation because of his recent yeah, slump. Yeah, yeah. But up until that point, as of the thirty-point explosion versus Georgetown, he was a revelation up until that point. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. He, more, more than competent. More than competent. Yes. Yeah. Right. The issue though is the the rest, the rest of, of the team. It's it, it's hard to say like. Okay, yes, big progression here, big progression there, and therefore we're going to continue to take that step forward right. next year. So I do understand, though, some people who say, well, you know what? I know I just made the point. It's not a waste because I don't like using that yeah. word. That's, that's bullshit to me. Uh, fuck that. I do understand some people who feel like it's kind of a lost season. It's frustrating. Because because you have this changing of the guard that's got to take place, and yet we, we, we didn't change the guard. <laughs> like, I, we didn't, didn't follow through on that promise. Right, right. right? Like, 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 Phil and Eric are leading the team. 
coaching these guys through the year, as you expect. Yeah. The problem is by playing them 38 minutes a game for so long, you've worn them down. Now their draft stock is dropping. Yeah. Not to say that they were like first rounders or anything. No, but like that. Eric was coming to the season was in mock drafts as a mid first round pick. Yes. He I, he is not a mid first round pick. No. Right now. No. No. no and some of that's some of that's beyond control. Fine. Right. But he's not there. Yeah. Phil Booth, at some point in time when he was on the heater, was getting talked about as second-round guy, etc. These guys have fallen back. Yeah. And it's not fair to them because it's like, forget – like, oh, you said, well, they've gotten 38 minutes of playing time. But it's it's gotten to the point where it's over-the-top ridiculous, and now they're paying for it because they're not efficient. Yeah. They're trying to play hero ball, which I get because this team needs saving. Yeah. So what do you need when the team needs saving? You need a hero. Right? They're the only two competent enough... Is that a song? To stop it. No. Um, stop it. <laughs> and they come in and try to play hero ball. And, you know, they... Yes, they have a lot of things that they shouldn't do. They should play more with everyone and still utilize their teams. But because the other people on the team haven't grown, which is on the coaching staff... Yeah. They can't. So they feel like they can't. And yeah. it's a two-man game. Yeah, absolutely. It's so annoying, too, if you think about it, like... A lot of the possessions recently, you feel like it. it's like, oh, all right, well, we'll milk 10 seconds off the clock. We'll get the ball across half court. Phil's going to dribble around for a while and kind of jack something. And it's like he does it, takes a lot of inefficient shots. He's missed a lot of shots recently. And while we spend a lot of time, and I feel like Jay probably does too, like knocking JQ for playing outside of the system, Phil's kind of playing outside of that system too. Yeah. And it frustrates me. Right. Right, that's a good point. It's the reason why last year worked is because everybody just operated within the system. Yes. Like and nobody you could, deviated. You could argue Phil has earned the right to play outside the system. JQ has not. But JQ is looking at this guy, Phil Booth, who's yeah. like... Who if is he's a, the guy. Yeah. Uh, then I got to do what he's got to do yeah. when I come in for him. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Totally true. Yeah. Okay. So from there, it's like, okay, 2018 epilogue. Here are these guys. They're wonderful. And Phil and Eric have been wonderful. I don't think you can – I really just hesitate to say anything bad about those two because they don't deserve it. They've done everything that this program has asked of them, and then some. For sure, for sure. Including, I don't know if you heard this, Phil scored 20 points in the 2016 National Shit, Championship did he game. do that? Yeah, Damn. drink. People forget. People drink. forget. All right, there we go. <laughs> um, so those guys get a pass in my book. They earn their pass. Do they get a total pass? Uh, like, uh, no, well, on one hand, you can be better. You can be better. On the one hand, you can say, I expect more. But it's hard to say you expect more. Their legs are tired. You can see it. Second half, they come out. They played well in the first half. Second half, they come out. Every shot is short. Every single one. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, they've been really short. Right. Like, what do you expect with these guys? Like, it's just not fair. It's not fair to them. And then you got all the other guys who, I mean, put Cremo aside in his own island because. He's a senior anyway, so he's not going to be here. We're not talking about it. We've beat the Cremo stick to death. Yes. No more Cremo talk. JQ, Slater, Samuels to an extent, Dada. Like, these guys haven't... And Swider because he got hurt. Yeah. These guys aren't better. Yeah. They're not better than they were than they, they were at the beginning of the season the year, yeah. or a year ago. Yeah. Right? So now we're going into next year, and it's like, I get the, the, I get the, I get the feeling behind what you're saying. Because you go next year, and it's like, well, if this team flames out early in the tournament, doesn't win a Big East title, doesn't win a Big East regular season championship or a tournament championship, didn't win the Big Five, and is going into the NCAA tournament and flames out in the first round or second round or something like that, first weekend, then what was gained from this year? Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's, it's not even just what was gained, too. It's like, you come into next year, you've got basically the same question marks, more or less, you had coming into this year, too. It's like... Right. right like, oh, yeah, because, like, in the offseason, I don't think it's going to click for JQ. No, of course not. The only right. way it clicks is the playing time. So, essentially, you come in next year, you've got Collins a little... You know, he'll be confident coming in, but, you know, JQ, he's going to be, again, feeling it out because he's still feeling it out now. Right. And the next three or four games aren't going to change. You got to play him though. You got to you got to play him. Now he's got to be getting 10 he's got to be getting 15 minutes a game, I think. Yeah. And we, it's just we we said that before. Yeah. You just deal with it. You got to yeah. deal with it at this point. Yeah, yeah. Right? I agree. And so I think you deal with that and then you basically I don't want to say throw it away, but like you say maybe we'll just get hot in March and hope for the best. I but think if that's they what don't, you have to hope if, for, they, yeah. if they don't if they don't get a little bit more, then they have nothing to build on for next year. Yeah. Right? And that's where the frustration is in the fan base. I think that's I can right. see it on Villanova Twitter. I see it in talking to people from Villanova. That's the frustration is like, okay, if this team's not going to be a second weekend team or at least have to be at the caliber of a second weekend right. team. Right, right. I don't think the people think that the 14, 15, or 17 seasons are wastes. Yeah. Because, because those seasons were championship seasons, Big East championship seasons. Sure. Right. But you're not going to have a second ter- second weekend caliber team that at least give us the feeling that next year we have a lot to be excited yeah, we're about. We're investing in development, which is the point. 0708 to the 0809 team yeah. argument. Yeah, right. Where you said, okay, 0708, we lost five straight games. People wrote us off, left us for dead, etc. We all hung tough with it, right? The fans rallied around the team. Team went on a late run. Got a little bit lucky in the dance, snuck into the second yeah. weekend, and the first thought was they make the second make they make the Sweet Sixteen. They get absolutely fucking pounded by Kansas, stomped on Kansas by eventual national champion Kansas. Yep, right in that game, like what was his name, Sasha Khan, just oh, dunking alley oop yeah. after alley oop all over us, right. But you felt coming out of that game like I don't even care how this game Doesn't goes. Doesn't matter. You didn't. You didn't expect. It. You didn't because, expect it. because the only purpose for this game is the fact that we got here, and then next year we're going to be a Final Four caliber team. Yeah. And what do we do? We made the Final Four in that Absolutely. year. Absolutely. Right. right. And that was the building block of a program. And that can... St- like, look, we're not saying that Final Four next year can't happen. It very well could. I think what we're saying is it's just harder given where we are and given the team's development through the year. Right. If that team's going to make the Final Four next year, it's going to be because of... Antoine and and Robinson Earl. Yeah, I mean, look, hey, maybe maybe these guys come in and JQ just has this like great connection with Antoine and Robinson Earl, and like it all clicks and it clicks quickly, and you have a a Duke like set of freshmen who are not Duke this year, but Duke like three Duke. years ago, yeah. three years ago, fifteen. When they had Okafor and they had um, the other Jones and whatever, who were still top guys, but it wasn't like we've got one, two, and three in the country, right? Mm-hmm. You've got a lot of top players there that maybe everybody gels, and yeah, it actually comes together, and you make that run. But there's a lot more variability. Like expect next year to continue to see this variability early in the season, especially, and then, especially, and then what you hope is that okay, come January and come February. You don't have to deal with as much of this February slump that seems to be a theme. We had it last year. We had it this year. Last year's February slump. We talked about this last week. It was different. It was, it was, different. It was different. It's different. It's different. But, like, look, 
hopefully things round in shape at that point and you feel a little bit more comfortable. Don't feel that comfort level now. No, you don't feel it. And and it's on and it's and I, I got to be honest with you. There was a point earlier in the season, mid January, when Jay could have pulled the switch and said, "You know what? Fuck it. I'm giving JQ more minutes." He didn't do it. There, no. And we were sold a bag of goods on Cremo's defensive abilities. Well, and, and go back to the JQ thing. We talked about this on a couple episodes. We're like, oh, he was getting the ten to fifteen minutes. There was the UConn game, and you're like, oh, okay, this seems to be a thing. Jay is going down this path, and then it stopped. Right. It just right in its, stopped. Right in its tracks. Which was so strange, because it was like, the UConn game, JQ was a revelation. He would seem to be very integrated into the team, and then in a few games after that where he was playing, and then just disappeared. And here we are. Yeah. And that's that I think is, I think that is a bit somewhat representative of, of that was how the we moment. feel about the team. That was the moment. Yeah. When that changed, that's when the team, that's when Jay made the decision Right, and now we can go back and question it. But Jay made the decision. I'm running with these guys, and yeah. whatever. And and I don't want to make this like we keep bringing this back to JQ, and I think it's symbolic. It's symbolic. That's exactly yeah, what it it's is. Symbolic. It's not just him. It's it's more representative. It's Swider. It's Slater. It's Slater. It's Slater who refused the red shirt. Okay, yeah. at that point you refuse the red shirt. Get the kids some playing time. Fuck it. This yeah. kid is long, and he's obviously playing is like. One to two minutes a game against garbage players, but like he seems to have some athletic chops, and he can probably steal a couple balls, and like he can't be that bad. Right. He can't be that bad. Right. I would be willing to bet he could contribute something. Right. Correct. It seems like well, a loss in January doesn't equal a loss in February. It's different. You might lose both if you play those. Whatever. Fuck it. Fine. We just lost three in February. Fine. Fine, I would say fine. Let's be let's be eighteen and ten. Let's be let's be seventeen and eleven, and trying to figure this out still on the way in and be in a work left to do. Yeah, it's for it's, March. It's like there's it's like we've we've varied a lot, and I feel like maybe Jay has varied a lot in terms of how, one how he wanted to approach the team, and two like what his goals are for the team. Because it seemed to be like maybe it was early on where it was like all right, like yeah, we're gonna work some of the young guys in, and then it was nah, we're gonna ride the. We're gonna ride the vets because it, it we and need we're it. Gonna we're, gonna, elite, we're gonna try and make an elite. We're gonna try and make an elite eight exactly. We're going all in, and then it's kind of like, oh well, now we're back, and I was like, I, I don't know. You, you know, you've got to have one vision for what you're gonna do with the team, and that seemed to be a little bit, a little bit off this year. Right. I, I'm not gonna blame the guy for going on a for like riding a hot hand and going on a 10-0. No, it was great. Yeah, and it was awesome. And he could have taken a path of like. Jenkins junior year, right? Where it's like, oh, that heater just continued through April. Yes. And then you you just look smart. Right, right, right. Then he looks like a junior. He's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, fuck. We love him shoot 20 times a game. Of course. Yeah. He well, made half of those. Yeah. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? <laughs> but. So did Steph Curry. You, you ride the hot hand. Yeah, I get it. At the same time, now you run into a situation where we just don't, we're not prepared. The hand is not hot anymore. No, the hand's not hot. The legs are tired. Yeah. And that, and now and now we're in this situation. We're like, okay, we're losing three guys next year. I mean, one of them, I'm sure, Cremo is not really, you know, been villain over very long. But you lose Booth, you lose Pascal, and now you got this whole team of guys who don't have a ton of experience. Yeah. So again, stop short of calling this team a waste. That's not fair. It's. It's just mean spirited. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't yeah, know how to say it. I don't want to. Oh, it's mean. I don't want to. Like, you don't I'm not to, making a bullying point. No, no, it's no. just, it's just, a, it's just. You sound stupid. You sound dumb, and it's also like, yeah, 
you can't call anybody. Everybody's busted their ass. Like, yeah, it hasn't turned out quite the way we wanted to. Everybody's busted their ass. I'm sure. Yeah. They've put hours and hours in the gym. So like, let's not let's not call it a waste. But yeah. Is it hasn't turned out the way we thought it should be, or the way the potential we thought it could have been. Right. And I think the lesson learned, and I'm hope the lesson learned, is that we don't sit in here next year. Like Jay Wright runs this program. Right, and he gets lauded, and we've won two national championships and made three final fours because of this program mentality: is you earn your keep, you earn your time, yeah. right? You progress as things go, and you take the reins of the team later on in your career. Cool, except for the fact that if you're going to recruit a certain level of player, that comes with expectations, yeah, right? And so you have to do, you have to do certain things when you do that right i'm not saying make exceptions to your program I mean, just be i know where you're going with this just to be clear this isn't just a jay wright issue by the way no like there are other like um tom Izzo comes to mind right so tom Izzo last year had two guys who got drafted in the top what 10 or 15 miles bridges and jaron jackson and he basically got criticized the entire year and certainly after the year after that an early exit for playing bridges out of position the entire year, right? So so what I'm getting at is don't think like we need to get rid of Jay, right? Like that's a, that's no, a no. stupid take. No, 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 no stupid no. take. Stupid. No, Jay Jay's at a lifetime lifetime. So so but contract. all I'm saying is like other Hall of Fame coaches run into the same thing. Roy Williams is getting a lot of the same criticism this year for his treatment of Nasir Little. Well not anymore. Well not anymore. He's playing it's more and more night, right? Yeah. But but point being that like Yes, this sucks. We're criticizing Jay for the decisions this year. It's not a condemnation of Jay's coaching. Like, yes, there are things that were pointed out should have been better. Fine. But hopeful it'll get turned around. No, but you just can't have it both ways. Right? Like, we got we, we got told after... I agree. I agree totally. Like, just to be 100% clear, big Jay Wright stand here. Yeah. Right? Lifetime contract. Don't ever fire the guy. No such thing as a hot seat. His seat is ice cold. Right. Right? Forever. Yes. Forever. So, so that's not it at all. And we're with the team, and we're going to watch every game, and we're going to be there and cheering on the Cats and hoping for the best. But after that 11-12 fiasco going way back, all we heard about was you know, they didn't get guys who were you know program guys and this, that, and the other thing, whatever. And we bought it because, because that team flamed out, looked like shit, and then... We had this rebirth, this golden age of Villanova basketball that we've had for the last five years. Yeah. But then Jay goes back and starts recruiting higher-ranked guys who have a lot higher expectations in terms of where they're going to be yeah. much earlier in their career. Right, right. Right? When you do that, yes, maybe you do have older guys who you hand the reins to. But those older guys might be sophomores and juniors, not juniors and seniors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And so you got to bring them along faster. you got to find ways to make that happen quicker. Yeah. Right? And I'm not saying it's easy, right? Because if it's easy, everyone would be doing it. Sure. But but you have to adjust your style of coaching for your personnel. You can't recruit higher caliber people like these not back of the four-star guys who are team-first guys, etc. Right, right. Mix in a couple of program, really like outrageously good program guys like a Spellman or a Brunson yeah. or something like that and then make it all work because they everyone understands that those five-star guys got to play early. Yeah. Right? But Colin Gillespie got 10 minutes on this team. Three-star guy got 10 minutes on the 17-18 squad. 
10 minutes plus a game. With four NBA players with on With four it. NBA players plus Phil Booth and Eric Paschal. And yeah. somehow Colin Gillespie found the court for 10 plus minutes yeah. a game. Now, I understand he played his role, wanted to play his right, role right. in the whole nine yards, etc. Spot-up shooter, yeah. whatever. But your point is, how can JQ not find five, ten minutes a game? Yeah, really? On, on this, this team? team? Yeah. yeah, no. Bullshit. Bullshit. So that's Absolutely. what I call it. That's what I'm calling out the bullshit. Totally. Um, should, we, should we talk uh, quickly about this week, what's going to happen? We're going to lose on Wednesday. Yeah, so we got the Marquette loss coming up on Wednesday. And burn then we down the, the fin. Yeah, and then burn down the fin, and then we got the Butler loss. At the Wells Fargo Center. You think it's going to be a Butler loss? <laughs> I don't know at this point. God. I'm kidding. Now, I think one and one's actually a reasonable I think one expectation. And, one. I think and, then, and then once you get the uh, – look, I, this team is going to make the tournament, but one more win I think will ease everyone's mind. Yeah. And if we lose to Marquette, who we probably will, and then beat Butler, at least you're walking into a week off with – with a butler with a win something yeah and something to build off of for a week and then we'll see what happens for sure and that's that's really the best thing that can happen is that that week off for this team yeah that's true and then we get into tournament time yeah all right all right that's it um as we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast stay tuned after the break rob is going to be doing an interview with walter smith randolph great friend great friend of the pod very, very interesting story. Check it out. Totally different angle than everything we've just been talking about. The you know hellfire and brimstone that we were just <laughs> talking about there. Some really interesting and 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 eventually uplifting uh, story about Walter's uh, life to this point and and how successful he's been in the face of quite a bit of adversity. For sure. Um, so uh, thanks. We'll hear from Nova Insider, and we'll see you on the flip side. Hello everyone, it's Chris from The Full 40 with Chris and Rob, brought to you by Nova Insider. Just want to give a special shout out to our official podcast partner, which is Nova Insider. Check out their website, novainsider1985.com. They got some awesome gear. Also look out, we're going to do a special collaboration with them for a Full 40 podcast t-shirt brought to you by Nova Insider. Look out for them. They got a lot of awesome stuff coming down the pike in the very near future. Stay tuned. It's going to be exciting. And as always, let's go Nova. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. It's Rob from the Full 40 coming to you live from Cincinnati here with good friend of the pod and good friend Walter Smith Randolph broadcasting out of his beautiful apartment. He's got like four times as much space as we normally broadcast out of, so it's great. I'm sorry, who let you in? I, I don't know. I broke in last uh, night, yeah, actually, apparently. unfortunately. Apparently. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so in all seriousness here, this is, I think, the third of our interview-type episodes that we're bringing you. Um, so like we do and have on the past couple interviews, we're going to start it off, um, kind of build up Walter's... Um, going to build up your Villanova basketball credentials or whatever Villanova credentials you actually have, <laughs> as limited as they may be. Um, so we're going to do that. We'll get into a, a little bit of Walter's Villanova history. We'll try to keep it G-rated. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be, it's going to be tough to do. It's going to be tough to do. College. Yeah, yeah, about college. Hashtag college. Yeah, we were, um, so we, we, I've been out here the whole weekend and um, we were reliving some good college times yesterday mm-hmm. and I was like... Good God, that was one a long time ago, and yeah. two that was pretty debaucherous. Pretty but anyway, outrageous, definitely outrageous. Um, all right, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap it up. We'll hear a little bit about 
um, Walter's, I would say, path to Villanova and then path after Villanova, which has literally taken him all across the country. Yep. It's been a journey, to yeah, say the least. Um, all right. So, Walter, oh, I forgot, obviously, we're out in Cincinnati because Villanova is playing Xavier today, hopefully turning the ship around because, frankly, we've looked horrible. And I honestly, I don't think I can live here another year. <laughs> In the shame that I would have. That's to so face. true. Because I have been very, very obnoxious about Villanova. So let's win. Yeah, <laughs> so I can continue ab- to be obnoxious. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, we got. So we've got to set the scene for folks, and we'll go into this in the other portions of the podcast. We've got. What do we got? Seven people. We're going to the game. Yep. We'll probably be pretty obnoxious. We're like pretty upper deck, I think, at this point. Yeah. Though, I will say, the ticket prices on StubHub are coming way down, so I'm hoping maybe we can make our way down and be a little bit more obnoxious, mm-hmm. but we'll see how things play out. But anyway, so let's let's jump into it. So, why don't we start it off, um, Walter, actually, I mean, so Walter, a little bit of background on him, and then we'll get into this more. Walter's been, in, you've been in Cincinnati now for what, like? Six months. Six months, and Walter is a reporter here, and yeah, just tell the group a little bit about what uh, you do. I'm a reporter at the CBS affiliate, WKRC, so... I do local news, so I find the lead story of the evening for our 11 o'clock newscast, um, and I report the news, and I'm all around Cincinnati, and northern Kentucky, too. A lot of people don't realize that um, that we also cover northern Kentucky. It's funny, because everybody came to the airport. The airport's actually in Kentucky. Yeah. And so they're like, First Wait. time in Kentucky. Yeah. They're like, Pretty what? excited. I'm New state, Kentucky. check. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that's, you know, what I do here, and um, Xavier is here in town. It's a, you know, a lot of, a lot of people go to Xavier here. Um, so it makes it very interesting. Actually, when I moved in, I got out of my U-Haul and I had on a Villanova t-shirt. I was just like, threw on a t-shirt and my landlord... As was, you do. Yeah. And my landlord was like, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? He was like, Villanova? And I was like, yeah, so I went to school. And he was like, oh God. <laughs> the <laughs> so, hatred, the hatred runs deep. So quickly. that is, that is the reaction. I, that I, I love get. that. I yeah. love that. We've been, we've been in the Big East now with Xavier for what, like four years and mm-hmm. like, they clearly hate us. Yeah, they do not like us. I no. mean, as as Chris Mack used to say, it's the annual Villanova ass kicking. Yeah. And you also have to realize that Cincinnati is about an hour and a half south of Indianapolis. So we have a lot of Butler fans, too. Oh, So shit. specifically, right. I have two co-workers who are... But- one went to Butler, and then the other one, his mom went to Butler, but he's from Indianapolis. Okay. And so we love... We love just sparring and going back and forth. And, That's pretty awesome, yeah. actually. And we were actually lost to Butler like past two years or yeah. At least, at this least, year, this year this we year won. We won. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah the past couple of years they've beaten us. Because I was at work when that I was at work when the game was playing because I worked nights. And so I came home real quick, grabbed my flag, went back, and put on the anchor's chair. That's terrific. And put on my hat and just like terrorizing a little bit. Oh my so. god, that's absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. I love that. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's like a great segue actually. So why don't we start off We're we're building your Villanova basketball credentials here. Any like, that's a great, good memory already from Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Anything else that's like really stood out in your Cincinnati basketball like, rivalry emerging already? Not really. I mean, just a lot of trash talking, honestly, you know, again, our, our sports executive producer went to Xavier, you know, a lot of the producers at my station went to Xavier. There's a lot of Xavier mugs and and shirts and hats all over like all i see is xavier everyone here is xavier this is a very catholic town so there's lots of like catholic high schools mm, too okay. so i mean it's like in, and i feel like a lot of people around the area either go to uc or go to xavier and so just a lot of trash talking i mean when you're national champs i mean you can do that <laughs> that's right? right exactly you know <laughs> so you're, yeah but you're basically <laughs> in like enemy territory i am in enemy, enemy territory you know i don't really get that much 
I just get it from people from work, and I got it from my landlord. I mean, I have a Villanova. Because let's be real, yeah. you you flaunt the Villanova. Oh yes, paraphernalia, just without like, a doubt, like all over the place. I've got a bumper Car, sticker. Yeah. I've got mug on my desk. Um, I've got Villanova hoodies. I've never, ha- you know, I've never actually had anyone except my landlord come to me and say, like, "Oh, what are you wearing Villanova for?" But yeah. Fair enough. I love it. Well, we appreciate you yes. repping it out. There aren't that many Villanova grads out in Ohio. Uh, no, not really. Not really. We're actually... So my girlfriend Leanne's here, and so she was thinking about uh, starting, like, the chapter here. Or, like, I guess restarting it. There, there aren't that many. I just remember going to Villanova and hearing, like, a couple people from... They're from Cincinnati. Okay. But I don't think they... Once they leave, they come back. Fair enough. Okay. So I think kind of like if you're in Cincinnati and you're here, you kind of stay. Because it's, yeah, yeah. it's one of those cities that like you really don't need to go anywhere else. But if you leave, sometimes folks don't come back. And yeah. so I think the people that we knew that are from Cincinnati who went to Villanova have not come back to Cincinnati. Fair enough. All right. Well, you guys are going to get restarted. We are yeah. looking to you to lead the charge in enemy territory. <laughs> um, all right. So, so talk a little bit about Cincinnati. So I don't know. It's like. When did you first start following Villanova basketball? Because you're from New York originally, yeah. right? Yeah. So, and it's totally fine if you're like, hey, look, I didn't even know about Villanova basketball because I didn't know about Villanova basketball, and I frankly, I still don't. I just make the shit up. I didn't know about Villanova University, period, until I applied. <laughs> so, yeah, I did yeah. not know about Villanova basketball, I don't think, until I even arrived on campus. I do remember when I was applying to schools, and like I was really doing with my, my aunt, and so my grandmother was like kind of like, you know, like kind of in a loop. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, I applied to Villanova. And I remember her being like, oh, yeah, I just saw them play basketball the other day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because she would watch like basketball games on on television. I mean, she was retired, so she just watched television right. a lot. So that was like the first time I have ever heard of Villanova basketball. And I didn't really get into it until we got on campus. And I was like, oh, this is like a thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. People yeah. kind of care about this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. <laughs> um, so, so I guess kind of what stood out to you is – you know, as you think back, like, what's been your favorite Villanova basketball memory? Either, like, being there or watching it. What what kind of stands out? Um, there, I mean, there's lots of favorites. Uh, I would say my favorite is probably the Final Four trip in, to Detroit in, in 2009. Yep. Um, and actually, we were on the news because I was interning at NBC Philadelphia. That's right. And I remember Jameson Euler was, like, doing a story. He's an anchor down in Tampa now. And he's like, hey, we need to, like, interview some Villanova kids. And I was like... Oh, like he interviewed my roommates, and I remember him coming to the house, and he interviewed us, and we were like on That's the local right, news. I forgot about. I don't know yeah. how I totally forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, we were on the local news for that, and then, uh, and then we road tripped out to, uh, and then I was interning for them, so they allowed me to blog, and they were like, okay, so we want you to like to track your journey, and so it was me, Rob, his wife, and our friend Brian, and we were driving Brian's Toyota, and I just remember driving out, and like these are like we're like. I don't know. I, I'll speak for myself, but I was like a Northeast kid who like had, had traveled a lot, but like not to like middle America. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I remember driving through Ohio and being like, this place is so flat. There's nothing here. <laughs> Which is, and there are like no cities. There's around. like no cities because you're on the Ohio Turnpike. And then we got to Michigan and I was like, why would anybody ever live here? And <laughs> yep. then I ended up living in Michigan for six years. That's so, so funny. That's so, ridiculous. But I remember going to that game. That game was a lot of fun. It was just like, it was that, that, that was, road trip was fun. We had a trip. blast. Yeah, we had a good time. Obviously the game did not go as The game planned. did not go as well. I remember we said at like a Best Western on like nine miles. Oh my gosh. I remember walking into the Best Western and which I don't think is there anymore. And I remember because it was like UNC and Michigan Spartans and I just remember walking in it was like UNC fans and like it was just like 
you could feel the tension. That place was also a dump, it was by a the dump. way. <laughs> like, it, it was. was I remember because obviously we were students at the yeah. time. Like we had no money. We got like the actually. I was gonna say we got the twenty dollars student tickets, but you didn't. You shelled out, if I remember correctly. I don't you remember. bought like real tickets because you didn't win the lottery for that. I might have. I don't remember. <laughs> so, I, so, so kudos to you. I yeah. definitely remember that. Yeah, you like actually spent real money on that. But then, yeah, we were obviously spending one like all the hotels and stuff were sold yeah. out, and two, we didn't want to spend any money. So we had yeah four people in this Best Western. Yeah, I remember that. Oh my god, that, that was place a good time. was. The place like smelled of smoke it too, did, if I yeah. remember correctly. And it's if just... I have another, if I can, if I can, my other favorite like villain of a memory was after. No, you can't. We're after the <laughs> after last year, yeah, last year because we beat Michigan. Yeah, yeah. Um, I lived in Michigan. Obviously, I obviously, well, not obviously, but I lived in Michigan for six years. I lived in Flint for three, and I lived in Kalamazoo for three. And um, you know, my friend was in town for an interview, and she was in Ann Arbor, and. I was like, okay, I'll just drive to Ann Arbor. It's like an hour and a half. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go grab dinner. I just put a sweatshirt on and I get there. And this is like literally the Sunday after or like maybe a week after. And I walk into the restaurant and everyone's just like staring at me. (laughs) And I'm like, why are all these people staring at me? And this guy comes up to me. He was like, he was like the manager or something like that. He was like, you have some nerve. (laughs) You have some nerve. And I was like, huh? You're like, well, yes, I do. He was like, your sweatshirt. And I was like, Villanova? And he was like after that game and I was like oh my god I am in Ann Arbor I'm literally on University of Michigan campus and I'm wearing a Villanova sweatshirt that is absolutely brutal but I I wasn't thinking about it I just just, that's what I have in my my, my my closet so it is what it is that's pretty awesome so this seems to be a recurring theme now of like you just rub it in people's faces when you're around there I like it alright well it's it's a good theme at least we appreciate that here we appreciate the in your faceness but yeah 09 Final Four, definitely a blast. A lot of fun on that road trip. The trip back was not as much fun, no, it was not. obviously. It was, no. a long, it was a long 12 hours. Did we do that in one shot, or did we stop back? Uh, on the way back, I think we might have just kept going. I know on the way there, we stopped at Pittsburgh at your house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think on the way back, I think we just kept going. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's definitely pretty good. Um, and then I'm trying to think, like, anything else, like, stands out to you? Like, campus memories, favorite games, or anything like that? I mean, I just remember freshman year getting into it. I remember the, I think the biggest game that are the game that I realized how good Villanova basketball was, or like what it meant to campus was. I think it was the Oklahoma game, mm, and I yeah, just remember yeah. standing out in line for that. Um, the UConn game uh, that we played our freshman year, because I mean, I we we just like paint ourselves. Like I had a I had a That's blue right. wig. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had a blue wig. I had a blue, uh, obviously a blue flag. It was like a blanket flag. Do, I think. do you still have that flag? Um, I have a flag. I don't have the actual... My actual flag is right there, but I don't have the... I had, like, this Villanova blue blanket. I don't have that anymore. And it was like, I could wrap around... I'm a big guy, so I could wrap around, like, my entire body. So it was a nice, it was a nice blanket. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Yeah, that... Uh, I remember that UConn game was obviously, like, terrific. And, yeah, we had, we had like, all a bunch of the guys in our dorm all yep. painted up for that. And we spelled out Villanova. Yeah, yeah, because we were in Delory, so yep. it was, like, pretty tight-knit group. Yep. Obviously, we've a lot of us have gone our separate ways at this point, but <laughs> yes. like back in the day, you yeah. know, and it was like what that was like halfway through the year, so like everybody mm-hmm. was still like, all right, like we're gonna do this. We had like our dorm pride and stuff like that. It was, um, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, and obviously the outcome was terrific. Yes. so it made it a lot more fun. Good stuff. Um, cool. All right. Um, and so we talked about Cincinnati. We talked about kind of. Favorite memories? Where were you? Where'd you watch uh, 2016 and 2018? So 2016, I watched it at home. Um, I was working days. 
news you work crazy schedules, but I was I was at home and I was watching it by myself because I like wanted to go to a bar or I wanted to like find somebody who was like gonna watch it. Yeah, yeah. And I remember there was like one I knew only one other person in Kalamazoo who was like a Villanova grad. Okay. And he taught at Kalamazoo College, but like I didn't know him, know him. So I just remember like watching it and I remember like falling on the floor, screaming <laughs> and like just kicking and like it was like, oh my god, this game is amazing. <laughs> and then 2018, I watched it. I think I went to a bar, and then I went home because that game, I was just kind of like, is this a real game? <laughs> We're just just crushing that. I was like, what is happening right now? You know, <laughs> it seemed to be the theme of 2018. Yeah. Just like, stomp yeah. on people's throats. And I mean, the tournament is so interesting because in Michigan, you got University of Michigan and Michigan State. Yeah. And in my newsroom, we had a lot of Michigan State fans, and I worked for I had was working for a CBS affiliate, and so we get the games either on our network or we get them on uh, what's whatever the Turner TNT whatever yeah. it is. And in my office at the time, we had like a pretty sweet setup where we like we had the games playing yep. like, we, while we were working. And um, but as soon as Michigan State loses or U of M gets knocked out, it's like the energy, like the <laughs> like it just comes yeah. out of the room. It totally just like get deflates. That. Like it's just like the tournament no longer matters. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. And everyone is just kind of like giving me shit. Like everyone is like you know because I'm I'm obnoxious about it. And you know we do we do brackets and 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 pools and stuff like that. And I would always do like a Villanova one, and then I would do like who I actually think is gonna win. Yeah. And then so like I won in 2016. I won. I won. It. Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> so and then there was like, oh, I'm I'm rooting for Villanova. I'm rooting for Villanova. And I'm like, I don't want you rooting for Villanova. Like, yeah. I don't. I don't. We don't need that attention. Like we <laughs> like we have our fans. We know who we are. And then keep it moving. I love it. Yeah. You've been in a tough spot because it's not like because you've been out in you know somewhat of like kind of like. Some areas that have some big basketball fans, no Villanova fans around, yeah. basically. And versus, you know, like I'm up in New York. Obviously, there are a lot of basketball right. fans. Like, we get some shit from the St. John's fans and stuff like that. There's enough other Nova grads around. Yeah. It's like, oh, fuck this. Like, whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're out here just like hanging out. Be like, no, nah, we're good. Yep. Keep it in your face. Cool. All right. Um, well, so I think we covered um, basketball stuff. So... I would say for for those of our listeners, we'll probably take a pause here. For those of our listeners who are interested in, in hearing a little bit more about Walter, just kind of in general and his story, we'll come back after a short break and uh, we'll kind of run through that. But if you're just interested in the basketball stuff, you can probably cut it off here. All right, thanks guys. guys welcome back this is the this is rob here of the full 40 brought to you by nova insider bringing you the second half of the interview with the famous walter smith randolph live from cincinnati so in the first part of this interview we talked a little bit about walter's villanova basketball fandom kind of some of his favorite experiences here holding it down in cincinnati in the home of one of our enemies xavier of course now we're going to transition a little bit why don't we ground everybody a little bit in kind of like what some of your your favorite college memories were? So, so you graduated two thousand nine. You were a comms ma- a comm major, yep. right? Um, I don't know what what kind of stands out to you. Obviously, we we had plenty of of crazy experiences. Some of which I'm sure you can talk about. Some of which I'm sure you can't. So, 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 so I'll leave it to you. I'll leave it to you. What what kind of stands out to you? And if you want to, 
before that, we can ease into it and talk a little bit about kind of how you ended up at Villanova. How I ended up at Villanova. Um, he takes the softball. <laughs> yes. Because I'm trying to think, like, what? that's a very generic question. What are your favorite memories? I mean, I have a lot of favorite memories. All right. We'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. We'll get to that. Uh, how I got to Villanova. Uh, kind of by accident, actually. Um, so I went to an all-boys high school, Holy Cross High School in Queens, and my principal was a Villanova graduate. But I did not know anything about Villanova. And um, I was, you know, back then there were actually, like, college catalogs. Yeah. Like, you know, there was, like, an actual, like, you know, bookshelf. And I was at the bookshelf, and I was looking at Vanderbilt because my aunt went to Vanderbilt for grad school. Okay. And so I was looking at Vanderbilt, and so my principal happened to be walking by, and he was like, oh, Villanova. And I was like, no. And <laughs> nope, he was actually. like, he's like, he's like, you're going to apply to that school. And I was like, uh, I was actually thinking about going to Marist College, um, which is in Poughkeepsie. Okay. And they have a, it's a Catholic school as well, and they have a pretty decent, um, I actually applied to 25 schools. Oh, my God. Yeah, so I applied to 25 schools, and I got into Jesus. all the all the schools I applied for. I, like, I applied to... What? Some, except Notre Dame. I mean, I wasn't applying to, like, these huge, like, you know... Yeah, that's Ivy crazy, schools, But I was, like, applying to, like, Seton Hall and some other right, places. Right. Everybody makes mistakes. It's right. <laughs> um, I was not going to St. John's. I grew up five minutes from St. John's University. Okay, okay. And I was, like... And everyone was going to St. John's, and I was, like... They, like no. And St. John's had some scholarship where it's like, if you went to a calf school in Queens, they'll give you money. I was like, I'm not going. So I wanted to go very far away, and Philadelphia, for a New Yorker, seems <laughs> was like... Was very far. Yes, it seemed like it was on the other side of the world. Um, and I just... I Yeah, so I ended up applying, and then basically it was a conspiracy where my principal told my grandmother and my aunt, like, he has to go visit. Like, just go visit. Once you visit, you'll fall in love. And so I literally... I remember leaving school. I remember... Not leaving school. I remember... Um, like during the week leading up to Canada's Day, I had already decided I was going to go to Maris because I had a full ride and I was going to go to Maris. It was close to home. My aunt liked it. She, it was small enough. And I remember going to Marist. And oh, this is so funny. I remember seeing Josh Sims. So Josh Sims is a sportscaster now. Okay. Uh, he's down in Charlotte, the Fox affiliate. And he's an African American guy like yeah. me. And I remember seeing him at Maris one weekend and then seeing him the next weekend at Villanova. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I remember going to Maris and I was walking around getting a tour and I went to the student government office because I wanted to be involved in student government. And so the SGA president said to me at the time, he was like, so you're going to, you're going to definitely enroll here. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm thinking about it. I'm like leaning towards this, but it's going to be between Maris and Villanova. And he was like, are you serious? And I was like, what? He was like, go to Villanova. That's hilarious. And I was like, okay. And then <laughs> the week leading up to that. Great sales pitch. Yeah. The week leading up to that, my principal actually, he was like, he was like, hey, you going to Villanova? He's like, you going to go to Villanova? And I'm like, no. And he's like, you got a detention. And I had to serve a detention. <laughs> what? No I literally way. had to serve a detention. And I was like, this is crazy. And then I guess, <laughs> I guess Mr. G, we called him Mr. G, uh, knew something about Kenneth's Day or something like that and so he told my aunt and they conspired and so like I'm leaving school on a Friday and Mr. G's like you're going to Villanova this weekend and I was yeah. like no I'm not like I'm going to Marist this is crazy and next thing I know my aunt's like we're putting you on the train and you're going to Villanova and she literally like drove me she drove me to Penn Station she was like you're going you're going to meet this guy when you get to campus like Mr. G like he like made a map for me and I remember him being like okay you're gonna get off the train this is Mendel Hall you're gonna walk under Mendel Hall you're gonna go to campus and I'm just like what is going wait, on wait so what was his connection with Villanova he went to Villanova oh okay. he graduated in like 60 something or 70 something no kidding yeah so he like he yeah he and his story was similar was that he wasn't gonna go to Villanova but he went to go visit the campus and he was like yeah. this place is beautiful That's so awesome. long story short I ended up going for a candidate's day for a weekend it was a multicultural recruitment weekend um, I like stayed on campus. I walked around. My aunt and my grandmother met me the next day, 
and I was like, this place is like phenomenal. It's like Disney World. It's like everyone is so excited to be here, and I, I like liked it. And then the other thing was, is a Catholic school, and we're Catholics. So my grandmother was like, is this Catholic school? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, okay, cool, you're coming here. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's awesome. how I ended up in Villanova. That's pretty crazy. So I, I will. I want to go back on something. So you said you applied to twenty five schools. You yes. got into what twenty four? Twenty four out of okay. twenty five. Which is kind of crazy because yeah. like, so obviously you and I go back, and like yeah. I know a little bit about you, like. From where you were, like, freshman year of high school to the yeah. fact that you got into 24 of 25 of the colleges you applied to, one of them obviously being Villanova, is, yeah. like, it was, like, a pretty big transformation, yeah. right? Because, yeah. like, you were, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, yeah. Because, so, like, you freshman year of high school was, like, different, I was different a mess. Water, right? Yeah, I was, I was a mess. Like, so, basically, like, my, you know, my mom died when I was 10 years old, and um, me and my dad had some struggles. We're cool now. I was suspended from high school my freshman year. Uh, for getting a fight with a guy and throwing a chair across the cafeteria. <laughs> and then I got suspended for punching a guy in the face after he hit me. But then my principal was like, you can't hit back. So I got suspended. It was like on like, Dude. it was like on the report card day when your parents come to school. And I remember like sitting in like my aunt walking up to the building and then like, I got suspended again. And she's like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and I was right, just, rightfully you know, so. Yeah. I was just like an angry kid. Like, I mean, my mom had died. Like I had some abandonment issues and I was like going in this you know, always Catholic high school, and, like, and really, they had, they're the ones who turned me around. I remember getting suspended. I remember some teachers telling me, like, you're not going to graduate. You're going to end up on Rikers Island. I remember... That's... That's yeah, I was on, I was like in the student council, but I had this one teacher, Miss Lones, who was like so invested in me and she was like, we're going to make sure you graduate. You're going to make sure you do well. She like kept me on student council somehow. I ended up graduating student body president. I, I was uh, voted man of the year. There's my plaque on the wall right there. That's pretty awesome. So I gave the graduation speech at Holy Cross High School. And yeah, so I mean, I mean, I, there was, I was always going to like... I guess do well. I just needed some molding yeah, to yeah. make sure that like I wasn't gonna be a crazy person. But, but I mean, like that's a big transformation yeah. from literally somebody telling you like you're gonna end up on Rikers Island to oh yeah, I'm delivering this commencement speech yeah. at my high school and then just like I'm crushing it at Villanova and yeah. I'm crushing it after Villanova. It's too. just like, like a support like, system. I mean, I have don't don't get me wrong. I have my aunts, so like I have my yeah, aunts yeah. who are very strong-willed women. I have my grandmother, um, and it's just a community. And you know, and that's what I like about Villanova too. Is like even at Villanova, I had some struggles my freshman year. But there was such a strong, strong support system, especially with Center for Multicultural Affairs and like, you know, shout out to Dr. Nance. And I like wanted to transfer or go back home. And like, that's, that's the thing is like, everything I've been successful in is because of a support system. Like even here, like doing the news, you know, it was so funny. I was giving everyone a tour yesterday and somebody commented, one of my coworkers was like, well, she's always giving people a tour of this station. Like <laughs> always has these visitors. And I'm like, sorry, I have people who love me and want to see that I'm doing well and want to see like, you know, what it's like. So, yeah. you know, it's a sports system. Yeah, it's transformation. Um, and I was not applying, like, I was not applying to like Dartmouth and Harvard. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was applying to like St. John's and Seton Hall and like Stonehill College and like, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but still, like, yeah. it, it's not like, it's a lot of colleges that yeah. you get into. Like, let's, yeah. let's not, not I was determined to get out of New York City. I know that sounds crazy, but I was like, I'm going to get out of Queens, which a lot of people, you're like, what? Why would you want to do that? Which is hilarious because now you're like, I'm, I'm like, my way back. Yes, yeah, so I'm like, hey, please, I'm going to come back. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Um, but no, no, in all seriousness, that's, that's pretty awesome. Um, so you mentioned, obviously you're, you're black as we've established. Yes, I um, am. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know, now yeah. you know. Um, so you mentioned you, you know, went to Villanova, uh, visited Villanova for a multicultural recruitment weekend. Yes. Uh, talk, can you talk a little bit about like what it was like kind of 
being black on Villanova's campus, especially like freshman year, like when you first came in, because like that's as we all know, Villanova's pretty white. Yeah, like, call it what it, it we, is. we called it Vanilla Nova, and um, you know, I mean, it was interesting. It was uh, Villanova will. I mean, it's it's a school, so you, you got to be, you have to have some type of money or some type of finances to get into this, not to be able to pay for the school. Um, and it's it was it was interesting. I think my first year was a real struggle because even though I went to an all boys Catholic high school, and it was, I think we were probably like fifty percent white, twenty five percent black, and twenty five percent like you know yeah. uh, everything else. And but I feel like it was more New York City. It's not necessarily about race, and it's more about uh, social economic. Yeah. So like everyone you're exposed. There's yeah. already there's so many different types yeah. of people always around. Exactly, you. and there's you know we're, Queens is the most diverse county in the in the nation. So it was interesting going to Villanova and and just I remember asking some people in our dorm like Have you like have you ever met a black person before? Yeah. Or, like did you have black people in your high school? And they're like. I had a half black guy. Does that count? And I'm like, what in the world? Yeah, I mean, what, I know when when we met, when we met, like my high school, we had about yeah. 400 people in my graduating class. I think I had one black person. Yeah. So adjusting to that was very difficult. Um, and then what's and this is gonna sound crazy, but I even I took an African American history class. I mean, I knew my history, but I took an African American history <laughs> class. But like learning more, I was like, I remember coming back to my dorm some days and being just like so angry. Being like learning about like just about like more about this country and things that you like did not know. Yeah. And I remember like going and like sitting in my room and like just listening to Tupac for the rest of the night. I was like, this is in and like going yeah. going to school the next day. So it was like kind of it was like kind of it was kind of difficult my freshman year. But then actually like you know getting involved, adjusting. I got involved with Black Culture Society and the Multicultural uh, Recruitment um, Center for Multicultural Affairs and so I think I did I do think Villanova has made some strides in diversity yeah. and I remember like at the in my final year it's being like okay I'm so sick of hearing the word diversity mm. because Villanova was just like they were really they were really trying to diversify they really wanted to have different people on campus um, so yeah so it was difficult my freshman year but then you you, know, you kind of get used to it yeah, yeah. so yeah, and like like you said, like getting finding your spots, yeah. like to really lean into and get involved, obviously helps. What right. were so? What were some of the things that you were involved with on campus? I was involved in everything. I was a tour guide <laughs> with the Blue Key Society. I was um, orientation. I was the uh, this. I was on steering. I was the administrative coordinator, uh, which is like second in command. Which claim to fame? I think you. I don't know if they still use the term spark, spark it. it. Right? I, so Walter yeah. coined the term spark it to be clear. If people still use yeah. that, like yeah. do the kids say spark it? I, I don't know. know. They did for some years. Um and I've always said that once I make it big, I'm going to donate and rename it Walter Smith Randolph Walter Smith Randolph Spark It. I like it. So the Spark It is the South Pit Market and I, it has a name. But <laughs> nobody could tell you yeah. what the name actually is. <laughs> I don't is, know what though. the is Donahue Court or whatever it is. And so we were doing sketches for orientation because the orientation counselor was like me and Caitlin Sidley, and we were like writing these sketches. And I'm like, I'm gonna call it the Spark It. And she's like, Don't call it the Spark It. No one calls it the Spark It. So I did, and she was like, No one calls it the Spark It. Now they do. <laughs> and, and so I call it the Spark It. But Sue Sacone had told me like, Oh, people had called it the Spark It before. So ooh, okay. Yeah, so so you, you kind of, well, we're gonna give you credit for it. Though. I'm gonna, we're not yeah, taking it away. I popularized it. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. So if, if any of our young listeners either are still on campus or recently graduated, call the Spark It. Yeah. Call the Spark It and let us know if people actually still call yeah. it that. And if they don't, you can restart it. Yeah. We'll just take a royalty check. That's fine. <laughs> Um, okay, so you did orientation. I did orientation. I was president of the Black Culture Society. I was with the Multicultural Students League. I was a student senator. I was a liberal arts senator. I was kind of a... Oh, I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, I did oh, two geez. terms. Lame duck. Didn't do much. <laughs> yeah, I was going to 
I'm not gonna say, lie. It was it was probably a forgettable it was, term. I was I think the second time I ran, I didn't even campaign. <laughs> I just I was you know I'm not I was I'm was pretty popular on campus. People knew who I was. People knew who you were. Yeah. 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 So you were I was like kind, kind of a big deal. Of, yeah. I also, was, to be clear, nobody really wanted those positions. No. Like I held one for a while too, and. Definitely, people okay. are like, oh, okay, what does that mean? But were you a senator? Because I was. I was definitely a senator. You were a senator? Yeah, freshman and sophomore year. Oh, I, mine was junior and senior year. So, there we go. Um, I wasn't really an SGA. I don't, that's weird because all my friends were in SGA. That's I think true. I got rejected freshman year. That was a problem. <laughs> you um, got, got a little bitter. Yeah, I was a little bitter. <laughs> See ya. Um, I'm trying to think. I did. I, I mean, I did a whole lot. I was in sports marketing at some point oh, wow. um, because I went out to be the voice of Villanova. Oh. Yeah, and I remember going to the pavilion and I had to like perform in front of like you know it was it was like emceeing uh, yeah, Tina yeah. Lamb's back brother brother Brian was the voice of Villanova okay. when I was, and I was like I want to be you yeah, yeah and so I and I you know I'm obviously into broadcasting so I went to do that and I didn't get it they ended up I think it's like I don't, I don't even remember who they gave it to but anyway but they were like you <laughs> should do you. <laughs> yeah it was to me they were like they were like you should do sports marketing and sports marketing basically was like you know assisting with the basketball games and being on court and stuff like that and so I did it for like a while. I did it for like maybe a, a few games, and then I was like, "It's way more fun going to the game, and attending the game, Were than getting paid working at the least? game." No, you weren't getting oh, paid. Oh, then forget it. Yeah, you were getting like insider access yeah, and whatever. stuff like that. So whatever that's worth. Yeah, it was not. Yeah, I mean, it just wasn't. You know, and I'm I'm into I'm not into sports. Like I'm not like you know sports marketing like is not. Yeah, yeah. Like whenever I would tell people I want to be broadcasting, they're like, "Oh, you want to like do ESPN?" I was like, "No, I'm no, actually no, more interested no. in news." Yeah. So yeah. So wait. So let's talk about that for a minute. So. You were you had an interest in being in news for a long time, yes. right? Yeah. Like what? Like how far back does that go? Uh, probably to like when I was in middle school. I mean, I would That's come pretty, home. That's pretty yeah. nuts. I would come home from I would come home from school, and my grandmother would always watch the news, and that was like her key to like know what was going on. And I would come home, and she'd be like watching Oprah, and then I witness news. You know, Channel Seven would come on, and we'd watch the five and six o'clock news, and then we switch over to we were World News Tonight people, so mm. we watched. Uh, so we watched Peter Jennings and then at night, you know, when I, 10 o'clock news on UPN nine news. And then when I got old enough, we watched 11 o'clock news. And I, I just, I just always thought that the people on television who were doing the news were like the smartest people mm. and the best looking people. Yeah. And I actually at Holy Cross, we had this guy, Steve Villanueva, who's still on the news. He does weather down in West Palm beach. And he actually used to work in New York. He came in and he was like, yeah, like I moved around the country and I get to do the weather and news and like you can get paid to do this. And I was like, that sounds cool. <laughs> yeah. And my high school had a television station and I did I did the news for, for you know, or announcements or whatever you want to call it, HCTV. And um, so that's why I was going to go to Maris because Maris had a TV station. Oh, okay. And so Villanova did not have one. And I did not like, re- really realized that, like, the difference between, like, a broadcasting degree and a communication degree. Okay, yeah. So, and then I ended but I, it was, it worked out, because I ended up interning at NBC Philadelphia, and then I went to grad school, and yeah. so everything all, everything worked out. But yeah, I've always, I, I had wanted to do the news, and then I kind of thought about politics or law, mm. and I interned at, um, the Board of Elections in New York City, um, and so that was, like, kind of po- political, and they were also, like, going through election law, and so I okay. had to spend a lot of time at the, uh, Queens County Supreme Court, and so we would go back and forth, and I, I remember, like, just, I mean, probably viewing election law cases is not the way to introduce someone to <laughs> the law. so it boring. so boring. Oh, my God. I fell asleep in the courtroom. The I ju- can't blame you for that. The judge kicked me out, seems, and I was like, I'm not going to become a lawyer. <laughs> and then, like, the whole political thing, I was like, uh, like, this sounds cool, but being a reporter probably seems cooler. So, 
Yeah, that's how he came to reporter. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, and so then, obviously, it's probably a pretty good segue. So then, you studied communications at Villanova, mm-hmm. so you're a comm major, and then after Villanova, you're like, yep, I still like to do this, yep. and then what after that? Yeah, so we graduated in the middle of a recession, and when I was at Inter- NBC Philadelphia, they were making everyone reapply for the position. Oh. And so people who had like 30 years of experience in like multiple Emmy Awards are like, you have to no reapply. No way. Yeah. And wow. it was like, okay, everything's merging. And so you need to learn how to shoot and write and edit. And so do you know how to like shoot, you know how to shoot video? Do you know how to edit? And I did not. And, um, cause you know, communication, I mean, they have that track now and they had more of a track, but it was more communication theory than it was actually mm, like actual practice okay. yeah, yeah and so they're like you need to learn how and i always wanted to get a master's degree anyway because my parents have their bachelor's so i was like i need to i, I want to take a step above yeah, yeah that's cool um and so i ended up applying a bunch of graduate schools um like i got into most of the ones i applied to i was gonna say look, let's not be modest like yeah. you got into some terrific schools. oh yeah i got into some i got waitlisted some i got i my problem was is that uh, a, a communication person who was like he ended up working Good Morning America after graduating in Villanova yeah. and, he, and it was like some panel and he was like television no one cares about your GPA and I was like cool let's go to Kelly's <laughs> like you know what I mean at that point I was like we like turn up like no one cares about this GPA like I I don't you don't care I don't care like <laughs> let's have a good time that's amazing <laughs> so I ended up applying to grad school and I was gonna go to Medill at Northwestern I was gonna move to Chicago sorry quick side note yeah. I think you and Bilotti must have gotten that message at the same time because he got that internship with PwC and was yeah. also like Fuck it. I was like, I don't care. Like, I mean, yeah. Because, I mean, at Villanova, you got to take the core curriculum. So, you're taking, I'm taking great ideas in physics. And I'm just like, (laughs) it's a great idea to drink. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, this is stupid. Like, I was taking like discrete math or something. I'm like, what in the world? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, nobody cares. Like, this is crazy. Yeah, it's not relevant for what I'm trying to do. It was not. And so, yeah. So, I ended up going to Pine Grad School. I went to grad school. I ended up going to CUNY in New York, um, which was great. I was going to go to Medill in Northwestern, but last minute CUNY um, had given me a scholarship, and I was already like student loan debt, yeah. and it was a recession, <laughs> and I, journalists don't make a shit ton of money, yep. so I was just like, I am going to go to CUNY, and, but CUNY was a great program. I graduated from there, and then I've been you've moving. You've been, yeah, so you've been like yeah. all over the country at this yep. point, so you've been... You start off what in Elmira? Start in Elmira. I was in Elmira, Ithaca for two years and one day. With which, if you haven't been to Elmira, Elmira is as small town as it comes. Is it better? Yeah. So a lot of people say to me like, "Oh, you like when I was working in Michigan or working even Cincinnati, they're like, you're from New York City. Like this must be a culture shock." And I was like, "No, try living in upstate New yeah, York." Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I had a good experience with the TV station there and some of the people there, but it was it's a small town. I remember yeah. like there's like. You know, two Wendy's or something. You know, it's just very... Well, Wendy's was, if I recall correctly, the Wendy's was like the luxury restaurant was, in yeah. Elmira. There's I, like when you guys there. came and visit, I took you to Pizza Hut and everybody got sick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Not great. Uh, great wine country, though. That's true. We did yeah. have some, we did drink yeah. plenty of wine. Yeah. It's fair. So, Elmira, and I spent a lot of time at Cornell University because of my fraternity. Yeah. And Ithaca was only like 40 minutes away. So, I did that for two years and one day. I remember exactly. And then I went to Flint, Michigan. And I was in Flint for two and a half years, going on three years. Um, I was there, obviously, when the water crisis happened. Um, got my first Emmy nomination for that. So pretty awesome. Water crisis, we didn't know it was a water crisis. We just knew something was wrong. Um, I had left, like, right when they decided that it was a crisis and they needed to 
responded help. Um, and then I went to Kalamazoo, Grand Rapids Market, um, actually in Kalamazoo, and I was an investigative reporter for the station there. I was there for three years, um, taught at Western Michigan University for a little bit, um, and then now I'm here in Cincinnati. I love it. That's pretty awesome. So it's been, like you mentioned, like definitely been all over to a lot of places. Anything like stand out in terms of either like crazy stories or cultural shocks, like you mentioned, that, that really stand out if you think back over the past, what is it, almost 10 years at this point? I mean, I just have some uh, lots of crazy stories. I mean, just crazy stuff happens to me all the time. I don't know how much I should say or get into, <laughs> but like it's just like I mean I've had guns pulled on me. Really? Yeah, I remember I did a story about a stripper who saved the client's life. Um, it that was it was insane. It wasn't Robert Kraft. Was it? it was not Robert <laughs> Kraft. <laughs> um, no, I I mean yeah I've had some. Uh, there was that time. Uh, I don't even know if I should go. There. <laughs> That then there was a naked man in my apartment who was not invited. <laughs> I haven't really talked. About, I tell people the story, like coworkers and stuff, but I don't really. I guess it's my first time telling the story. You tell. We can can edit I tell it out. the story? We can edit it out. If you don't okay. All right. Uh, yeah. So like, I was living in uh, outside of Flint in my apartment, and uh, I was in bed, and I had a cat at the time named Madame Cronkite. This whole this is crazy, and I went to sleep on like a Friday. So, so night. wait, let's be let's yeah. be very clear here. Walter's in his own apartment. In my own apartment. It's Friday night. He's hanging out by yeah. himself with his cat, yeah. watching TV, whatever. Watching Netflix. I went to bed. I woke up on. I woke up on the couch. I was like, I gotta go to bed. So I went to bed, and uh, the cat was not allowed in my room. And I'm living in Grand Blank, which is a suburb of Flint. So I was not actually living in the city of Flint, but at the time, Flint was America's most violent city. Mm. A lot of a lot of gun crime and a lot of you know. And if something would happen, the Flint police would take a very long time to respond because they were responding to all these other murders and other stuff. <laughs> yeah. And so, but like I didn't really like know the difference, kind of. And so, like anyway, so I'm in bed, I'm asleep, and I like in the middle of the night, I hear this rustling next to my bed, and I'm like, oh, the cat got in. <laughs> and then I'm like, this, I'm like, I'm not gonna move. And so then like I. Yeah, so then I was like, I hear more rustling. I'm like, that's not the cat. And I turn my head and I look, and there's this guy going through my jeans. And I'm like, I'm <laughs> being robbed. Yeah. And I'm like, what do I do? I can't call the cops because if I call the cops, he's going to hear me. I don't have any type of weapon or so anything. So this man is like four he's, feet from he's you. He's literally or standing next to me, going through my jeans, like robbing me. And so I'm like, what in the world? So I just look at him, I'm like, what are you doing? And he was like, what are you doing? And I was like, you're in my apartment. <laughs> and he's like, where's Lauren? And I'm like, there's no Lauren here. Stop. And he's like, Lauren told me she'd be waiting for me in the bed. So my eyes adjust to the dark. And this man was not going through my jeans. He was taking his pants off. <laughs> he was here for a booty call. That's amazing. I was about 30 seconds from being the little spoon. Oh, my gosh. And he must have been drunk or high or something because my cat walked in and he, the cat goes meow and he goes oh my god you have a dog and I'm like <laughs> no, yeah dude. and she's gonna bite you and I hop up oh by the way I also sleep naked so like I hop up and like wrap myself up and I'm like you gotta get out of here so he starts like putting his clothes back on and he's just like going off on me talking to me about how Lauren set him up and how he knew this was gonna happen and <laughs> you're da, 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 like da, da, what da. you're still like I and, don't know Lauren and, and I have questions cause I'm just like are all the and I live in a huge apartment complex. Yeah. I live so it's like, did Lauren used to live here? Mm, yeah, like, yeah. were you just gonna get in the bed and not say nothing? Yeah. Like, is that is that how you do your booty calls? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> like, I I was just like, I there's so many questions and I was new, so like, I didn't know who to call or who to tell. I went to work the next day and told my coworkers and they were like, 
this man is crazy. Yeah. And then... <laughs> Luckily, this isn't normal. This Yeah. And then I, I tell this story and, um, you know, it was so funny because my coworker who I had used to work with, and well, he was a competition at Myra, but he ended up working in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So how crazy is this, how small the TV world is. Yeah. Well... My coworker in Flint told her aunt, who was an anchor in Lancaster, who went back to work and told everybody, and was like, "Yeah, this guy named Walter, he used to like live in Elmira." And the guy like called me. He was like, "Do you have a naked man in your room?" <laughs> and I was like, "How did you know?" You know, these are so, questions that don't be yeah. don't expect to get on a daily yeah. basis. I mean, I've had that. I've had um, council people try to fire me. I got called scammed off. I chased a prosecutor. Scammed off. That is yeah. my favorite nickname. That for is you. one of that is yeah. Scammed off. People call me. You know, some people call people still it is call me scammed off. Is one of <laughs> the best stories of my career. What well, What was the origin of scammed off? Can we touch on that? Real quick? Uh, yeah, basically, I did the story about this uh, prosecutor in a small southern Michigan county who was sexually harassing people, and he actually admitted to sexually harassing people and maybe even. Uh, sexually assaulting one person and so I basically did an investigative report exposing what he was doing this is the middle of the Me Too movement yeah. and I kept trying to interview him and he you know and he would not return my phone calls or my emails or anything yeah. like that and so you know we do what we call sometimes un- unscheduled accountability interviews mm. which means that if you're a public figure and I'm going to wait outside your, your yeah, you just office show up I'm just like... going to show up and start asking you questions so it's better for you to say let's sit down you yeah, know what's yeah, coming yeah. you know Versus me, you know, chasing it's a down bad, the street. It's a bad video clip. And yeah, and so I ended up. He he ended up. There was a recall petition to get him out of office, and um, he actually never got recalled. He actually admitted to the allegations and was dis, not disbarred, but he lost his license for like six months. Wow. Um, and there's a new prosecutor. But so anyway, so I'm at the state capitol in Lansing, Michigan, and. I was like, hey, can we ask you a few questions? And he was like, no. And I was like, okay, I'm going to start asking the questions. And yeah. so I'm like, did you sexually harass him? Why is there a lawsuit? Why is this happening? Da, da, da. And he like could not figure out the state capitol. I've been to the state capitol so many times. I knew exactly where to go. <laughs> and so we so we get to the elevator. And he's like waiting for the elevator. And so I, my camera guy's rolling. Oh God, and brutal. so I, I was like, I was like, why, why aren't you answering our questions? Why don't you call us back? Da, da, da. And he turns around. He's like, I'm not talking to you because you are fake news. You're fake news. Your name isn't Walter Randolph. It's Walter Scamdolph. <laughs> That's a great line. <laughs> and I just like kind of like looked at him and I was like, okay. <laughs> and then so. It's amazing. And the interview kept going. It went on for like another 15 minutes because I like followed him to his car. Oh my God. And it, the funny thing about it is he kept getting off the wrong floor in the elevator like he was like he it's got like, a like comedy. It was it was kind of hilarious because and if you actually watch the entire clip, it was like kind of funny because he like get down and like get off the wrong floor and I'm like okay you gotta go to the garage, you know what I mean? And <laughs> You're we, like showing him. Oh, yeah, I'm like I'm like you gotta go to the garage and we go back in the elevator. And I'm like so about you sexually harassing these people and and honestly he could have avoided this one if he would have just talked to me. Yeah. And two if he would have just taken stairs. Yeah. If he took the stairs he would have got away from me. So bad. Yeah. It's, so bad. It's, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Um. All right. That's a a, a terrific story. So look it's actually getting closer to game time so we we kind of need to oh, yeah. to wrap it up soon um so before we jump though like any you know maybe last minute thoughts or like tips for any of our listeners out there maybe listeners who are either interested in journalism or just kind of younger in your career that you found helpful whether it's you know networking through villanova kind of leveraging that villanova connection or just making the most of Villanova in general. Yeah, I think um, I think in general, like for folks who are interested in journalism, it, now is the time to get into journalism. Um, our president has 
has put so much more interest into journalism because yeah, people are, are so interested in what he's doing and there's uh, just always a new news story and it's sometimes like the news and the way the news cycle works is always something new you take a look at Chicago this week they had Jesse Smollett and R. Kelly all in one week That's and crazy, so yeah. people you'll hear people say like even like JD will say sometimes too he's like what a year this week has been because <laughs> it's like you know you go through these news cycles and so there is a lot of interest in journalism I'm involved in admissions at my journalism school and we, we have so many people who are interested because there are good stories out there so um, I always say your network is your net worth mm. so mm. make sure that you are networking make sure that you know you know people every job I have gotten is because I knew somebody in the building and they have I even had an agent and that didn't really help me that much um, so you know make sure you know people we have several people at Villanova or who have grown through Villanova who um, are doing the news like I mentioned Josh Sims earlier uh, everyone knows Keith Jones at NBC Philadelphia yeah. um, I'm trying to think there's Lauren she's down at Fox uh, Charlotte too um, so you know reach out to Villanovans I remember I got to go behind the scenes of Good Morning America because I, I reached out to a producer who had went to Villanova yeah. and he was like yeah sure you can chat on me so I mean reach out to folks I mean, Villanovans are, are really everywhere. And then once it's like you went to Villanova, people really welcome you in. So I would do that. I mean, younger listeners at, on campus, you know, just get involved. Just get involved, find your niche, and just have a good time. College yeah. is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. can make it amazing. I mean, I had a really good time in college, and I have fond, very fond memories. And it's like... T- 10 years later, I'm like, oh man, I'm not going back ever again. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't yeah, get we've the, got a reunion. We got a reunion. Oh. I mean, you'll go back to campus, but it's not the same. It's obviously not the same. Not the same experience. So, yeah. Awesome. Go cool. Walk-outs. All right. Well, Walter, thank you for taking time. Pleasure as always. We're going to go watch the cats knock off Xavier, knock on wood. Um, and yeah, so we'll be back for our listeners. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, as always, hit us up on Twitter on Instagram, on email, if people even do that anymore. Um, And thanks again for listening. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to Rob and Walter. The great interview with Walter Smith Randolph. Really appreciate you listening. That's it for us this week. We'll be back next week in normal Monday morning drop time. Finally, the games are back on Saturdays as opposed to Sundays. It's like normal how college basketball is supposed to be. Shocker. Yeah. But now that that's happening, we'll be the next few weeks will be on Monday morning drops. It might only be a couple weeks. We only have a few weeks left. (laughs) We're not going to April. Newsflash. So with that said, thanks again for listening. And as always, let's Let's go go Nova. Nova.